0: Your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly. Martinez gets the shotgun snap, has plenty of time. Holding, holding, looking, throwing deep downfield Has Spielman open at the 25. He's got a 20, 15, jukes the defender, 10, 5, touchdown Nebraska! Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin. Thank you. Welcome. Another week of Sports Island here on the Husker Sports Network. Appreciate you dialing us up here tonight. Here's what we have coming up in the next three hours. We will hear some clips from Scott Frost's press conference earlier today discussing Nebraska's loss on Saturday to Colorado and then in preparation for this week's game against Northern Illinois. We will chat with Matt Davison, our Mondays with Matt segment. That'll be at the top of our number two. We'll hear from Husker quarterback Adrian Martinez. Third hour of the show, we'll have our weekend rewind, look back at all the action week one of the NFL. Big day in college football as well. Some of the things that happened over the weekend. And Adam Rittenberg of ESPN.com will join us as well to give us his take on what happened over the weekend in college football and look ahead to some of the matchups coming up this weekend in this wonderful sport of college football. And as always, we invite you to be a part of the program as well. 866 hoscar one 866 487 Five three seven one. Well, I've spent the better part of the last 48 hours just kind of replaying that game in my head, Ben, going back over things, almost in disbelief at times about how Nebraska didn't finish that thing off, up 17 to nothing, uh, late in the third quarter. Colorado doesn't get on the board until a minute 42 to go in the third quarter. And yet they score 31 points in regulation from that point to the end of the the final gun and then the three in the overtime to beat nebraska and nebraska even scores 14 points in the fourth quarter uh but it wasn't enough really really disappointing loss in a game for most of the afternoon you felt
1: really good about yeah uh i feel pretty confident saying that this this one affected me the most out of any of the three games or three years that i've been down there on the sidelines um you know the northwestern game last year was was disheartening. It, it hurt bad. It stung. Uh, I was in disbelief. But you think about where the season was at that point last year and where this season, you know, we thought the direction of this season was going. And I mean, it, it, it was heartbreak, but it was a lot of anger. Uh, that That's how I felt. I felt angry. I felt um, a lot of the same emotions that we've been feeling after Husker games. And before I even wanted to think about dissecting this game, and you know, I went through all the tape today, and it, it was hard to go through. I mean, it was it was just really hard to watch back because of how much Nebraska dominated that first half, and they thoroughly dominated that first half, and and it, it was inconceivable to me. And watching the team in those first two quarters that we were going to see that to to finish it out and to lose that football game uh, before we go any further massive kudos to Husker fans that was unbelievable to witness in person the amount of support that went out to Boulder so big kudos to everybody listening that went out there that was really special and I don't want you know the loss to overshadow or or think that that doesn't matter now uh your presence was felt on the field on saturday and there was a point in the game where colorado had uh, a fourth and five and they tried to use a hard count to get nebraska to jump off sides but i mean you could barely hear it you could barely hear montez draw draw a snap count because the husker fans were so loud you guys were incredible and you know hopefully if you went out there you didn't feel like the entire trip was a waste uh just because of the game and and hopefully you had some fun and and didn't have you know too poor of interaction with with Colorado fans but um in in terms of the game there was just there was a lot in there Mo Berry said it today in the press conference you know he's basically asked specific in specifics what happened or what didn't happen in that second half and there's just too much to start rattling stuff off off the top of your head. You, you really have to, you know go through it and, and, and dissect different parts of the game to figure out how that happened and why that happened. And uh, unfortunately for Nebraska, it did in whatever way. We got on the plane with our hearts ripped out of our chests again. Uh, it was a silent and upset plane again. and you know, unfortunately, doing the player interviews after the game, I'm getting kind of used to doing them like that and I hate it and I hate losing and I hate having to walk through those locker rooms with tears with those guys sitting down and it just sucks and you just you want it to get better and at some point you know these these losses this feeling of oh crap here we go again it has to go away it, it, I don't know if it's going to take 1 win, 3 win, 5 wins, I don't know what it's going to take but uh, that that type of attitude, because there's no doubt that was felt on the sidelines. As soon as that flea flicker hit, the entire momentum flipped, and that game went upside down, and I didn't have a good feeling, and I have to imagine a lot of those players didn't have a good feeling, and Coach Frost even addressed that as presser today. But to me, that's that's the biggest, my biggest takeaway from the game. We'll go through all the specifics, I'm sure, tonight. I'm sure people are going to want to call in about a third-and-four play call or what this corner was doing on this play or why we did that or what was that play call, and we will, but – the the overall takeaway is that the losing culture has to get out of here, and and I don't know what it's going to take for that to happen, but this season that was supposed to be new, was supposed to be exciting, was supposed to be different, uh, it was no different on Saturday.
0: This this program does not know how to win. That that's where it is right now. And when you go four and eight, four and eight, uh, that that's what happens. You you just you you forget how to win, and they're they've got to be retaught that, and it's painful to go through this. You know, if you'd have told me on Friday Huskers aren't going to win, I said okay, because there certainly was a path for Colorado to beat Nebraska, but I would have thought that the path would have had a big chunk of it would have gone through Lavisca Chenault. But his numbers, been he has five catches for thirty-one yards with a long of nine. He ran the ball three times for a net of six yards. He really wasn't the factor. Um, Montez played. Very well. Made a gorgeous throw to tie the game up late. I mean, Lamar Jackson had terrific coverage. It was just a perfect throw to the back corner of the end zone uh, for the catch that that tied the game up. But Chenault was not a, a factor. Nebraska's big play guys on offense were. Maurice Washington was terrific. J.D. Spielman was J.D. Spielman. I thought Adrian played much better than he did the opening week against USA. Scott Frost said today it was three-quarters of good offense. The third quarter was not. Three-quarters of good defense the first three quarters. The fourth quarter was not for the defense. So, in some ways, you feel like it's right there, but this team has got to find a way to make plays to win instead of finding ways to lose, and that's all we've really seen for the last
1: two-plus years the frustrating part to me and when I when I was going through the game I would have loved to about midway through late second quarter I thought man it would have it would have been great to to go through and and have a counter of you I mean you got the stats in front of you. I don't know how many I think Nebraska was I don't know how many plays they ran how many plays Colorado ran? I'm guessing anywhere between 130 to 150 plays 78 to 72 two yes, buffaloes. yeah somewhere in there somewhere in that range um and if you were to go through and, and and count how many plays Nebraska won and how many plays Colorado won, it's not even close. Nebraska won a hundred of those snaps. I'm willing to bet they were the they won that play, that particular play. And when you win that many plays and lose the football game, that results in what we're feeling right now. And it's the flea flicker, the busted coverage, um, you know, the the intentional grounding, the the. The two play calls and the sack and overtime, the 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 choice to kick the field goal in overtime, you know those handful of plays right there are maybe five or six of those 150 plays, but they determine the outcome of the game. And I'm really tired of coming on this show and talking about four or five plays, maybe even two or three plays that if go the other way, Nebraska wins the game. We have to find a start finding a way to make those two or three plays, otherwise this conversation is going to happen a lot more often because. It's about making the play when it matters, and I thought Nebraska did that on Saturday when Mo Washington raced up the sideline for 75 yards, when Nebraska had Adrian had that great scramble on third and seven in the fourth quarter to get the first down. Then Mo popped the big run on fourth and two. Adrian has a bulldozer run into the end zone. I thought, okay, not today. This is going to happen. But it just so happened that the other team made one more play than Nebraska, and this is the result.
0: All right, um, those are some initial thoughts from us. Here are the numbers again, 866 Hosker one 866-487-5371. If you want to join us throughout the night here on the program, let's start in Lincoln. Tyson, lead us off.
2: Um, Just had a quick question for you guys. Um, I don't want to go into who did what, where did we make mistakes, what happened. I wanted to ask you guys about a quote that Frost had in his post-game press conference that Um, Struck me as a little counter to the M.O. that he's preaching to this team. Um, They asked him about the play call in the overtime period, and his reaction to that was we spent about five minutes discussing it and we dialed up what we thought was our best run play. We didn't really want to try anything else because we were afraid of turning the ball over or we didn't want to turn the ball over. Um, My hang-up with that is he preaches and preaches and preaches, no fear of failure to the team. We hear him say that constantly I need these guys to go out and not be afraid. Go make a play. Go do something. And then in the overtime you freely admit to I was afraid to turn the ball over so I didn't just let it rip and turn our offense loose. I, that stuck with me and that I don't know if that's just Frost kind of overthinking it. I wanted to just kind of get your guys' opinion on that quote and uh, and what you thought about that. And I'll hang up and listen to your answer.
1: Uh. I, I knew someone was going to call in with that take, and 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 I was prepared for my response. And my response is, I don't have an answer. I, I don't have an answer for it because uh, it was it was clear. You know, you watched the overtime, and based on Nebraska's play calls, you knew that that was the. You could tell that was the case. He didn't need to tell you the case. I mean, it, to to make to make that that basically the same play call. He did out of two completely form, different formations, but. Um, and trying to pick up that way and take the ball out of Adrian's hands. Coach Frost said today that, you know, he, and, and just like every game, he wishes that there's plays he had back. I, I bet he was thinking about the overtime period because if Nebraska has the identity of an attacking offense, of an offense with weapons and get the ball downfield and get our quarterback and players in space, we certainly didn't see that in the overtime. Puzzling,
0: wasn't it? Very, pu- and as it was happening, I, I was wondering why that was. I, I really thought Coach Frost would be pressed on that today. He really wasn't. I thought I thought he might get, but uh, but nobody at the press conference today pressed him on it. But certainly puzzling. Let's hear one of the clips from Scott Frost today. He was asked what stood out to him as he went back to watch the film.
3: You know, a lot of the things we said were right on. Though uh, we got to have the right mentality coming out after halftime. If we score on offense anywhere in the third quarter, uh, I think the game's probably over. Um, you can't let any team stay in a game that long. Um, we played three really solid o- uh, quarters on offense. Good enough to win at least. Um, third quarter was, was poor. Defensively, we, we played close to three quarters of about as good a football as I've had a defense play. Uh, and then it fell apart. Uh, I think we did get a little tired. Um, I didn't think that was the case after the game, but looking at the tape, we weren't playing as fast um but you know that that's on us on offense as well for leaving them out on the field as long as we did in the third quarter um there's some other things um offensively i don't know if i said this we had 13 or 14 possessions we only had I think four without a sack a penalty or a tackle for loss and we scored on all four of those so we're just not quite efficient enough to be as consistent as we want to be. But a lot of good things happen in the game. Um, we're all heartbroken that um, and disappointed. Nobody's more disappointed than the coaches and the players. Uh, but I love how the guys responded today.
0: Well, the run game was better. Huskers netted 179 yards on the ground. Um, so they were, Maurice Washington had a big 40-yard carry. Adrian had 99 yards gained, but he lost 33 on six sacks. We ended up at 66 for the net. Here's the coach talking about where the run game is through two games.
3: We're getting there. It was a lot better. We were a lot better on offense this week than we were the week before. And that's because we practiced well, we practiced with detail, practiced with intention of making the plays work. Um, I'd like to see us run it more consistently. I'd like to see it pass it, us pass it more consistently. Uh, There's a few that were close to going. I maybe should have committed to the run game a little more in the third quarter, particularly after we got stopped a couple times. Um, but we're going to be who we are too. And so uh, I think it's headed in a good direction. But just like everything else, it needs to be a little better. A couple
0: comments from the head coach from earlier today at his press conference. But let's get to it with Matt. Time now for the weekly breakdown.
4: What a memorable first game at home in the Big 10 conference
0: with color analyst and former national champion.
4: All the games played for this historic program, all the great rushing days that we've seen over the years and way beyond my lifetime, and we've seen the best one here today against a top 10 team.
0: It's Mondays with Matt Davison on Sports Nightly.
4: Well, uh, some losses
0: are harder to get over than others. I, I, I don't know about you, but I've just been replaying that game over and over again in my mind. What's have you? what been going through your head the last 48 hours?
4: Well, yeah, it's a tough one for sure. You know, watched the film a couple of times after the game that night and um, yesterday again. It's, um, it's a tough one, right? I mean, the guys came out and they were ready to go and they played really hard. I don't think effort was ever a, a problem in that game. Got out to a 17-0 lead. Went in at halftime. Everybody felt really good, I think, and came out in the third quarter and just didn't didn't play as well, obviously. Now, offensively, uh, couldn't move the ball. Um, defense, I think, got a little bit tired by the end of the third quarter because the offense left them out there a lot. And everything started to turn. It's a, it's a game of emotion. It's a game of momentum. And that game was a great example of it. Colorado probably felt like they were mostly out of the game halfway or three-quarters through the third quarter. And they got one touchdown and got a stop. And, and all of a sudden they had life. And it brought brought uh, the crowd back into it and, and everything changed. So despite all that, still had a chance at the end. The defense stepped up in overtime, Greg, and got a stop, forced a field goal and still felt pretty good about our chances to go down and get a touchdown and that didn't happen and so you know very disappointing loss it's one that uh, that hurts bad feel bad for our fans um, you know so many thousands of them went out to Colorado spent their money uh, stayed out there and, and came and supported the team and, and we just didn't quite get it done so feel bad about that uh, but it's early in the season and a long way to go so only thing we can do is come back to work and get the guys ready for Saturday.
2: Did you
0: feel like Adrian was better in week two compared to his opener against South Alabama?
4: Yeah, for sure. I mean, he was nearly spotless in the first half. Uh, almost perfect, I think, in the first half. So, yeah, for sure, I think he had a better performance. And in the third quarter, we just couldn't get it going. It wasn't just him. It was, you know, one or two things each play, it seemed, didn't work. We had a penalty that took us out of one drive, a holding call on Jack Stoll that was a little suspect. Um, so, you know, there were just a, a lot of small things, I think, that took us out of drives, and and it was unfortunate. I think if we could have scored one more time, we'd have been in great shape in the third quarter, but didn't get it done, and, and Colorado was able to claw their way back into it.
0: How big a play was the flea flicker? I mean, in a game like that, there's a lot of plays that matter, but the flea flicker... Uh, to me kind of flipped it a little bit it gave colorado the feeling okay we can come back and win this thing they cover the entire field in one snap at a ball in your in your eyes how big a play was that
4: i think it was a huge play for sure you know we got a good punt got down at the four yard line and you know it was a gutsy call you could get a you get a holding call in the end zone you get a safety. and, you know, our defense had played so well up to that point. and And so we were continuing to stay aggressive. And, and unfortunately, they called the right play at the right time and caught us in a coverage where we were a little bit flat-footed and they ran past us. So, you know, they have three really good wide receivers and, and they have some speed out there. And, and when the guy got behind the defense, it was pretty much over. So, you know, give them credit. They ran a great play and, and uh, definitely was a big big part of the game I think that play and the other deep pass were you know two of the biggest plays of the game because they had a hard time running it against our defense and and so they hit two big plays that cover huge chunks and and those were big plays in that football game
0: Matt Davison's with us it's our Mondays with Matt segment here on Sports Island on the Husker Sports Network old saying in sports you can't let one team beat you twice is that the challenge this week is to Try to put that one behind you and and get ready for the next opponent, which is Northern Illinois this week.
4: Yeah, I mean all you can do is go back to work. I think our our players responded well today had a really good practice this morning. Um, You know, nobody's more disappointed than than everybody in this building today and we know that there's still a long way to go and the players know that too still a lot of their goals are out there and and so they just have to get better every day, and the coaches have to get them ready every day to, to get better. So last year we lost to Colorado and came back, didn't play very well the next week against Troy, but we didn't have Adrian Martinez. And so that's a much different situation. Um, he's he's going to be there Saturday, and he's going to be ready to go. I have a feeling we're gonna we're going to have a football team that's ready to play a night game in Memorial Stadium.
0: Uh, there's a, ha- a bunch of guys on this team that were here a couple years ago when the Huskies came into Lincoln and won. I, and then I guess if you flip on the tape and watch watch what they did with Utah, where they hung in the in the game out in, in Utah this weekend, that should be enough to motivate them. This is a pretty decent team that will be here Saturday.
4: For sure. Yeah. I mean, you said it. A lot of guys on the team remember getting beat by these guys right here in our stadium. and. So uh, I don't think they're, I mean, look, this team hasn't won enough yet to overlook anybody. Every, every game is tough. doesn't matter who you're playing. You see upsets every weekend. And so I don't think our guys are going to overlook anybody. I don't think that's even been a consideration and it shouldn't be. So I, I think uh, that's why we had a good practice today. Uh, Northern Illinois has some really good players. I think they're well coached. Uh, I watched more of their defense than their offense so far, but I think their defense is uh, a really aggressive group and they play downhill and they shoot gaps and they're in the backfield and they're, um, they're kind of a, a difficult defense to kind of pin down. So it's going to be a big challenge for the offense and the defense, I think, has made big strides since a year ago. They've played overall really good football this year and I expect they'll do that again on Saturday night.
0: You mentioned Saturday night. Night games are fun, aren't they? They're, they're the, they're the, I think most fans would say that's their favorite time.
4: Well, especially when you have a stadium like ours and you have a fan base like we have, it just makes for a great day, great weekend. You have all day Saturday to get a few things done and then tailgate or whatever you want to do, watch other games and, and then trickle into the stadium and and get ready to watch uh, the team that you love go out and, and play under the lights. It's a special time. We only get a couple of those a year typically and this is one of them, and, and so it's going to be a, another big night, hopefully a bounce-back game for our team, and, and a feel-good night for our fans to kind of get back on the winning track before we enter league play.
0: Very good. All right, well, have a good week. We'll see you in the booth on Saturday. All right, Greg. Thanks, bud. Matt Davison with us on our Sports Sunday Hotline, brought to you by the Woodhouse Auto family. You had a chance to grab the quarterback today. I know you talked to him after the game uh, Saturday, and then you got a chance to sit down with him today.
1: Yeah, and just, you know, let the emotions kind of rest for uh, 24, 48 hours. And, um, I know the after the game part wasn't fun. It's never fun losing a football game. Asked him, just started out the conversation by asking him how he took the the loss and really what the first step is for him and watching the film and, and trying to get over something like that.
5: Well, yeah, you know, the plane ride back was tough. Um, I think a lot of guys were just kind of reliving it back in their heads, you know, going through some of the plays. And, and you know, once, I, once I got home, it, it was really just important to me to do a couple of things. One, rest, recover. And, and two, go over the film, look back and, and, and see what caused maybe some of the stalling in the third quarter, see if I can make any different decisions that, that might have changed that game.
1: When you start going through film, win lose, win by fifty, lose by fifty, whatever what's what's the first step for you? I mean, what what do you go back and and what do you where do you start and and where do you try to to, to go through your film process, I suppose?
5: well yeah, i'm I'm gonna watch the game start to finish. Um, I'm gonna rerun plays, look at their coverages, look at what our offensive calls are and and kind of, just go through that process again in, in my head, you know, see what I was thinking on that play and and, and what I could have done differently or, or what I did right, you know, and and um, if it's a play I messed up on I'll probably spend a little bit more time just, just trying to figure it out, go through that and, and uh, get it fixed.
1: We talked after the game and everything was so fresh at that point. I think we were both just trying to figure out what had just happened. When you went back and watched, particularly that, that third quarter, maybe into the fourth quarter, what changed offensively, maybe that that they were doing or we were doing that, you know, we had a little more tougher time moving the ball.
5: Yeah, you know, I, I think it was less of what they were doing and, and more about us. Um, we stopped ourselves, whether it be a, a penalty, a sack, you know, a turnover. Um, just little things. I think we were beating ourselves there in the third quarter, and and we needed to get first. Need to get the chains moving and and get those possessions, you know, rolling a little bit. And and you know, we we just can't afford those type of those type of mistakes. And and we have to recognize that as an offense.
1: The human nature in you, probably frustration is is the the natural feeling that not, not just you but anybody would feel if they're out there. You go through fall camp and you feel like things are kind of clicking on all cylinders have the first game, have the second game, and things just haven't really gone how, how we thought. How how has that part gone of just not getting frustrated, still believing in what you're doing, that the schemes are going to work, the players are where they're supposed to be? How, how difficult is that to just put that kind of human nature aside and just keep focusing on the task at hand?
5: Well, yeah, I've, I have all the faith in our guys and, and in our coaches. I think that's what it what it comes down to and, and all the work that we've put in so far. Um, I know it's all for not all for nothing, and and um, it's gonna click. It's gonna come along. I think our offense got a lot better uh, in the second game than it was the first game, and, and we're gonna try and continue that that progress. You know, each game get better and better, and I, I think if we do that, we're gonna end up looking back and having a, a real good season.
1: Let's talk about your receivers for a second. You, you hit J D on the big one early, uh, but you know, I know I would love to start getting involved, and you know, get some other guys involved. How, how do you, you know? Use your relationship with those guys to to keep them up and keep them ready to go in case you know their number is called.
5: Yeah, well, they know in this offense, you know, any given day could be their day to go for 200 yards. You know, and I, I think um, you know part of playing receiver also in this offense is is getting open for other guys. You know, running your route to get another guy open, and and there's some sacrifice involved in that. And um, I think those guys know. Their time's coming. They're going to get a little more touches, um, but you know, it just it hasn't fallen that way so far. And I think as this offense gets more ramped up, they're going to get more touches, see more balls coming their way, and and uh, it'll be better for everyone involved. You're one of the guys
1: wearing the C on your jersey, but I know there are a lot of guys on this team that receive votes for getting a captain or probably handling this, you know, as a captain would. How have you've have you seen your teammates Adrian kind of bounce back in the last 48 hours, maybe today at workouts or just, you know, getting ready for the next one, I suppose is the way to put it. How have you seen them kind of bounce back and, and get ready for another one on Saturday?
5: Well, I would say the biggest thing is they just came to work today on uh, on Monday, you know, came to work to practice Practice hard, um, and we're just focused in on the details. I think we did a really good job of, of putting that game behind us, um, realizing what we did wrong, but but putting that game behind us and uh, focusing on this next one. You know, that's that's what we can control, and and uh, I'm I'm proud of the guys for that.
1: Well, it's going to be a big week of practice here, and I know another one here on Saturday. Flush it, got ten more of these to go. Thanks for sitting out with us. Yeah, thank you, Adrian Martinez, Nebraska quarterback, with us here on Sports Nightly. Um, just looking at the course of the game and and thinking back to last week, it's it's impossible to not feel frustrated. I mean, as a fan, as a coach, I mean, as the quarterback, I mean, I, but having to have manage those emotions and and start fresh every time out, I mean, that that can't be easy to do. Yeah, I mean, they put so much into these games, and the Colorado game meant a lot to this team. They felt like they
0: let it get away from them in Lincoln last year. It's probably been the most talked about game in the locker room in the off-season, and they get off to the great start, and they feel like they have the game in hand, and then it just it falls away from them in the fourth quarter and then the overtime, and it's a crushing loss. I mean, it, there, there could be a little bit of a sleepiness to the week, I would think, for this team. I think what will help is a nighttime kickoff. I think that may really help this team, because that stadium really comes alive at night. Weather forecast looks good. Uh, that could really help energize this team again. and. Need to start stringing some wins together, and it it needs to start on Saturday when they take on Northern Illinois. But I, you know, I I liked his answer when you were asking about trying to get more guys involved in the offense, and uh, that does need to happen. I think Cade Warner hangs close to getting back. He was in uniform Saturday in Boulder. I think they've missed him. I think he's a very good blocker on the edge. Uh, So I think this offense will make progress as we go through the season. I think that this is a coaching staff will make sure that happens. I'm Sports portz here on a Monday night. Greg Sharp with you, and every Monday during the college football season, we like to check in with Adam Rittenberg of ESPN.com to get a feel for what's been going on around the country.
6: Hello, Adam. How was your weekend? It was good, Greg. I uh, was at Michigan watching a game that became really interesting with Army and Michigan going into overtime, and then was able to uh, catch most of the rest of the action, uh, which uh, turned into a very exciting night around college football with uh, Texas and LSU, and and many other things.
0: Let's start with that one then. Uh, some boo-birds were out at halftime. Michigan struggling with Army. It seemed to me that Michigan kind of reverted back to their old selves offensively in that game, and you kind of did a deep dive with that, right, about whether did Harbaugh reclaim the reins of the offense? What is happening in Ann Arbor?
6: Yeah, I wrote about this today on E+, and you know, really throughout the offseason when I would ask coaches about Michigan and their new offense, under Josh Gaddis, they all said the same thing. And that's, will Jim Harbaugh truly give it up? Will he give up control of that offense to somebody else, especially somebody with a different philosophy, a dramatically different philosophy? And, and you're right, uh, you're, towards the end of the game, it did feel like the old Michigan offense trying to overpower a smaller team with you know, fairly conservative, straightforward between the tackles runs, and they couldn't really do it. and and it almost cost them. So I think this is going to be really important, you know, by week or open week before going to face a Wisconsin team that hasn't allowed a point on the road uh, next week at Camp Randall Stadium. You know, talking to Josh Gattis last week, I think he has a very clear vision for this offense, and and that's creating explosive plays uh, through getting uh, you know fast players in space. And he thinks he has the depth to be able to do that. But in order to do that, Greg, they're going to have to hold on to the football. Uh, you know, they've fumbled five times or lost five fumbles already this season. they fumbled on the opening possession in each of their first two games. They've also had ten penalties as an offense in two games. And as you know, it doesn't matter what system you run. If you're having those types of mistakes, it's awfully hard to have success. Probably
0: shouldn't have been surprised that Army gave them that good a game. They did the same thing to Oklahoma a year ago. It was certainly fun to watch. Uh, you, you raised some eyebrows and, and ruffled some Texas fans' feathers, Adam, by saying uh, that but by not beating LSU tonight, Texas isn't quite ready yet to step into the heavyweight ring. What you, what'd you make of the Texas-LSU game?
6: Yeah, no, I mean, my, my point, and I didn't convey it well the first time, I think Texas is a, hell, is a heck of a team. I, my, my thing is that Sam Ellinger is the, the first great quarterback they've had since Colt McCoy, in my opinion. And I think it would be a disappointment to a degree if they're not able to get to the college football playoff. Now, it doesn't mean they're not on the ride. It doesn't mean that they're not recruiting really well and developing. Um, but, you know, you, you did lose the game, Texas fans. You lost it by seven on your home field, and you were competitive, but you, you trailed most of the way. And, uh, you know, I don't think their roster is quite there yet. It doesn't mean that they're not a very, very good team. And uh, I think they're a team that could contend for the Big 12 championship. But I guess my larger thing is, you know, Texas, with all their resources and all their tradition, you know, like Michigan, in a sense, you want to see them winning a championship, winning, getting into a college football playoff. And I think they have the quarterback to do so. We'll find out in the next, you know, 10 weeks or so if they have the team to do so.
0: Yeah, uh, it was a heck of a game. Great atmosphere down there in Austin. All right, a couple of storylines that have really grabbed my attention. I want your thoughts. Your old colleague at ESPN, Mac Brown, has certainly done a nice job in North Carolina. You surprised they're 2-0? I,
6: I am. I am. I think, you know, going into the year, you know, with uh, with a freshman quarterback and, and, and just a completely new uh, coaching staff, um, you know, with South Carolina, an experienced team, and then uh, Miami – arguably the most talented team in, that, in the Coastal Division. Uh, it looked like an 0-2, and, and then they flipped it. And It's just been a great story to watch. Is North Carolina probably had more talent than we, than, than, than we thought. They just had a lot of injuries and some other things that hurt them the last few years. But uh, Mack and his staff have really done a nice job in, in getting the most out of these players. And Sam Howell, their true freshman quarterback, who they flipped from Florida State, in the recruiting process, the first truly significant recruit of the matt Brown era is doing incredible things for a young player. And their defense, and I knew this was going to be a much improved defense. He hired Jay Bateman from Army, uh, who is a defensive coordinator for Army, was a, a finalist for the Broyles Award last year. And, and Jay has immediately improved that Tar Heel defense. Uh, you saw what they did against South Carolina. And then they, they really helped uh, against uh, against Miami as well. So very encouraging start. You know, a sneaky good game this week is, uh, is is North Carolina on Friday night going to Wake Forest, which is also 2-0. This is actually a non-conference game. These play, These teams have been playing for a very, very long time. But because they're in opposite divisions, they don't play as frequently. So they've scheduled this as a non-conference game. Even though both are obviously members of the ACC. Wow, I did not, I did not know
0: that. All right, I'm going to bring it back into an old ACC team, and now it resides in the Big Ten. What a start for Maryland, and they just dismantled Syracuse, and now the Terps are in
6: the in the top twenty-five. What a job by Coach Loxley. What do you make of the Terps? You know, that's another team, Greg. You know, and I know you studied the Big Ten just like I do. If you watched them last year, even though they had a lot of turmoil around their program they had talent i mean you saw it in the ohio state game where they, they should have won the game um and, and they really pushed ohio state to, to, to its limit and and now they have you know mike loxley there with his offensive vision scotty montgomery calling the plays and you know i think uh, i think they're understanding just how much talent they have on that side of the ball you know they have the quarterback right finally and josh jackson they have a lot of running backs, not just Anthony McFarland, but a lot of other guys, young wide receivers that are very talented. They picked up uh, Tyler Mabry from Buffalo in the transfer portal. And so you know, they're a, a very dangerous offense uh, that's obviously put up a lot of points in the first couple of weeks. I think we're going to learn a little bit more about Maryland going forward. You know, Temple is a much tougher defensive team. It game's on the road this week, and then they have Penn State on a Friday night, Penn State is really good on defense. Uh, I don't think a lot of people are, are, are talking about Penn State yet. but uh, So I think we're going to find out just how good this Maryland offense is. But boy, they have a lot of weapons. And as Mike Loxley told me over the weekend, he still sticks to the philosophy that Ralph Friedgen, the former Maryland coach, his former boss, told him. And, and that's find the best five guys. That's the five guys to obviously surround your quarterback and your offensive line. And they were able to do that on Saturday against Syracuse.
0: Well, the state of Iowa is going to be lit this week with the uh, Cy-Hawk trophy up for grabs. Game day is going to travel to Ames, Iowa for the first time. That should be a heck of a matchup. Any chance you're going to be
6: there? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. My first Cy-Hawk game, I thought it would be uh, two ranked teams. Unfortunately, Iowa State, which is idle last week, didn't look very good in their opener. They slipped out. But I- I'm so fired up for this one. You know, before the year, you kind of look at games and, and weeks, and this is one that I circled and was hoping to attend, and, and I'm, I'm very excited to you know, be part of the atmosphere. I was there for the West Virginia game last year, my first uh, game at Jack Trice Stadium, and, and that was awesome, and this one should be even more exciting. You know, Both these teams uh, play excellent defense, uh, You know, especially Iowa State. Their scheme is so unique in the Big 12 and talking to coaches, and they're going to have to play great defense because I don't think offensively they're quite at the level that Iowa – is at with uh, senior quarterback Nathan Stanley, who's been really good. You know, their, their receivers have been bet, uh, pretty good so far this season, the Hawkeyes. And Iowa State obviously had those struggles in, in their opener against Northern Iowa. So, interested to see how Matt Campbell's crew comes out after an open week with this game day atmosphere, college game day, and all the hype. Uh, Matt has done some great things, obviously, at Iowa State, but he's yet to beat Kirk Ferentz. And, uh, you know, previous Iowa State coaches were able to do that. So that's uh, certainly a priority for the Cyclones before they enter Big 12 play.
0: Oh, I'm a little jealous. I think it's going to be a raucous atmosphere. They love to tailgate there in Ames And have yourself a good time. And, Adam, we certainly appreciate it. We'll talk again next Monday.
6: Sounds like a plan. Thanks, Greg.
0: They've also got to figure out how to finish games, and they've let some leads slip away from them in the first year Plus, of Scott Frost's tenure here in Lincoln. Here was the coach earlier today talking about trying to finish games.
3: Pretty specifically. (laughs) um, You know, without talking about too much that goes on inside, right before we left the locker room at halftime, I had the whole team up and I said, one of two things is going to happen. Either we mess around and let this, you know, don't finish this and let this team eventually get back in the game and it gets interesting, or we go out and finish them right now. Um, And they, they were all excited, looked ready to go to me. I, I just didn't maybe feel the sense of urgency, particularly on the offensive side in, in the third quarter. And, um, you know, looking back at the tape, you know, there's always a few calls, play calls you'd want back on offense and defense. Um, we had them in some good stuff. We just, you know, didn't quite do the little things right that we needed to to finish it. and. I think more than anything, it's a mentality to get over, that the expectation to win, and the desire to go out and make the play that's going to make it happen. So
0: there's the coach talking about trying to finish games, and that's been a problem for this program, really, in, in, for the last couple of years. Adam wanted to know my thoughts about Adrian Martinez's play. Well, here was the head coach's thoughts today about that topic.
3: Yeah, I said before the season we're going to go as far as Adrian takes us. I, I didn't think he played his best game week one. He played really well Saturday. Um, just like as a play caller, there's a few plays that I want back. I'm sure there's a few plays that he wants back where um, he could have done something a little better. But he he operated really efficiently, and made some really good plays. I thought he played courageously, and um, he can still get a lot better. But that'll show up too when we're a lot better around him.
0: So you go. Know, there's a head coach's evaluation of the quarterback from Saturday's game. So busy week coming up. I know it's disappointing after the Saturday. Lost to Colorado after leading 17-0, but long way to go. Ten games still left in the season, and it was not a conference game. Still have all the conference games still ahead for the Huskers. That'll do it for me tonight, and thanks to Ben, to Josh, to Austin, and to all of you. Looking forward to being back with you tomorrow night. Have yourself a great night.